understand His ways and His word. Again, that's meaningless. But when I do that, when you and I do that, guess what? Our strength is renewed. Our soul is restored. That's important. Third, and I like this. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, When you call upon the Lord, He will answer you. How many of you would like to know the will of God for your life? Wow. It's going to happen, Raymond, in the presence. Not in outside. That can be quite general. <coughs> but you want to know the will of God for your life. Then you've got to get to the... What? Get to the table. That's where He is. The table. Alright, so far so good? Point number two. Feel free to take notes, huh? The table is for two. Amen. Amen, Sam. The table is for two, not for three or two hundred. The table is for two, not for three or three hundred. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, in 2017, in January, a couple of uh, families and some couples and singles, we uh, went on a mission trip uh, led by our senior pastor to the land of Mickey and Goofy. I mean, wasn't quite a mission trip, you know, but uh, it was a mission to check out the land. Yeah. And uh, we had a wonderful time, and I just had, we couldn't fit others. We had Shokwan and Wei Meng and the family and Kim and Nick before, you know, and then with Chris and Rebecca spending a bit of their honeymoon there, we gate crashed with 40 other people, uh, the Barclays, and we had a wonderful time. And one of the places we went in was this place called the, um, the, the Be Our Guest Dining Hall. It was themed after Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Very ornate, very elaborate, beautiful banquet hall. You know, they come in, theme dressing, they serve you. You feel, wow, so nice. But can I tell you something? At the end of the day, when the lights were dim, when the camera was out, when it's time for dancing and period of gazing to one another's eyes, um, Beauty only had eyes for <laughs> Mickey Mouse had nothing on this guy. Cinderella had nothing on this girl. Because the table is meant for two. The table is meant for two. You see, Psalm 23, as she said, is meant to be lived out. It's personal, man. Inasmuch as you and I like the bigness, the banqueting table, the rah-rah, the yam-sing and the yam-cha and the yam-everything, right? Psalm 23. Do you know, I think there's roughly 120 words in Psalm 23, six verses. Um, I, me and my occurs 17 times. It occurs more times than the Lord or shepherd. Psalm 23 is about you. And you, and you, and me. It's personal. It's for you to, to experience God as your shepherd and my shepherd. We can encourage one another. We come as a body to plow together and, 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 and speak to one another, Ben. And we say, yes, but the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd, Henry. And you've got to find Him. Because the table is only for two. You and Him. It's personal. It's personal. 
Number three. At the table, God reveals Himself. I like this psalm. If you have time, take this psalm and go home and memorize or meditate on it. God has made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the people of Israel. God has made known His ways to Moses. Close friendship, intimacy. But the acts, the enemies can see. See, God has no problem preparing this table in the presence. I'm not saying your enemies, but just for the example. God has no problem preparing this banquet, this feast, in the midst of everybody. He has no problem with that. But He only whispers His deep thoughts. He only whispers His will for you when you are at the table with Him. The purpose of setting up a table in the presence of His enemies is this. You and I once were God's enemies. And we were brought in to see the goodness of God and to taste it. So the presence of the table is so that, hey, maybe out there, a non-Christian, a a Christian who has backslided, may suddenly see, hey, there's something going on here. And we whisper, see you at the table. See you at the table. And that's the whole reason to come back to this table. Right? To come back to the table, to a fellowship. And, and, And so... I coined this title, I said, familiarity is not intimacy. Many of us know God, know about God. We read the scripture, we hear the stories. Here is a classic case. Just have a read of the story. After saying these things, so this at the table, Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet. And he was troubled. The Bible says he was troubled. Our Savior was troubled Because he knew someone out of the 12 was going to betray him. The enemy was present amongst the table. And Jesus knew that. And he actually said, one of you is going to betray me. One of you. And here's Simon. Simon. I mean, do you really love Simon that opened his mouth? And Simon who walked on water. Simon who, you know, was uh, fishing, caught nothing, then caught plenty. Simon who then preached in Acts. The same Simon that Jesus says, you know, the gates of hell will not uh, stand over you. You know, Simon, you, you are the rock. This is the Simon. Even Simon did not dare ask Jesus, Siapa tu? Right? Who's that? Who's the betrayer? Even Simon Loud mouth as this was, didn't dare ask Jesus. Who? He pointed to who? He motioned, made a sign language to the disciple whom Jesus loved. We all know that's John, who was lying at the side of Jesus. And Jesus told him, it's the one that I'm going to dip the bread and give. Right? Only at a place of intimacy can you unlock the deep things of God for you and I. Can we as a church purpose? I've begun to say, God, you know, I, I want to know you. I want to really, really get to know you as humanly possible. I'll start by reading your word and, you know, do whatever it takes. But I want to know you because, you know, when God speaks to us and He whispers to us, we are renewed, we are refreshed, we are strengthened. Can I go a bit deeper? Are you ready? Let me show you some more revelation. So Jesus says this, 
and he gives it to um, Judah. Uh, he points it to Judas, and then have I switch? No, no. His glory is reserved for the righteous. I talk about the enemies, right? Now, I need a prop here. Joseph, can you be my prop? Just come and help me on stage. Everybody just give Joseph a hand, you know. <laughs> Joseph, uh, you be Jesus now because you look a lot more holy than me, okay? <laughs> yeah. You know, when I asked the team to help set up, I thought they were going to set up like this face to face. Yeah? Because that's how I thought romantic, you know, you look at each other's eyes. But then they set it out like this setting. I thought, oh, that's actually quite insightful. Joseph, why don't you take that seat? And I will take this seat. Cheers. Closer. Yeah. <laughs> Have a drink, no? Joseph, the Bible tells us when Judas had gone out, Jesus now says to the people at his table, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God is talking about Jesus, right? Jesus is talking about God. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself. And glorify Him at once. A, bit, a lot of glorify there, but I'll unpack it in a while, okay? But just bear with me, right? The little children, yet a little while I'm with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment. Everybody say new. New, new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When we just read this, Joseph, it's quite easy to think that, oh, well, God is giving us, you know, to the 11 that's left, He's giving some instructions, right? But actually, God is now trying to show and teach us something a bit deeper. You see, when the enemy was around, Jesus never talked about glory. He talked about servanthood. He didn't talk about honor. He didn't talk about the glory of God. Because you know why? That is reserved for the righteous. So, the enemy is out. Everybody say, when he had gone out. Jesus said, now. Everybody say, now. When the enemy leaves us, when we put our sin and our flesh to death. Everybody heard that? When we put our sin, our flesh our worldly desires to death. And we keep the enemies on the outside. Now, the Son of Man starts giving us revelation. I think a bit different. Like different. Jesus, yeah. right? Oh yeah, you'll see this side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that. Lying yeah, yeah. Awesome, uh. yeah. This is a good photo moment. Yeah. Okay. All right, okay. Excellent. Let's give Joseph a hand. Did you see what I just showed you? There are some things the enemy will not partake in. But some of us, I don't have another chair. Pretend like this is the third chair. Okay. Some of us allow a third person to sit here. And while Jesus and you exchanging 
love stories, restoring you. You're going, hey, did you hear about this lady? You know? I tell you, terrible, she. Or this pastor, don't know why, you know, he's hardly at home. I hope their marriage is good. Like, can't we just pray for them, you know? Oh, I, uh, this uh, young person, always argumentative. Come now, we just pray for them. I hope one day he doesn't run away from home. So we whispered. The table is meant for how many? Two. Keep it that way. If you want to know and hear and understand the deep thoughts of God, you have to come out away. Because Jesus talks about His glory, His anointing, about what is going to happen. Jesus is giving them a new commandment, a new revelation they've not heard before. He's now saying a new thing. I'm going to do a new thing in your midst. People will know. New. New comes from revelation from God when we are intimate with Him. New is what we want. You want new? Or you want the same old, same old? New. We want new, right? We want revelation. We want fresh bread. Who wants to eat bread that's old? One week old with mold. Last point. Worship team, get ready. At the table, the meal comes together. At this table, the meal comes together. The Bible says, be still and know. Be still and know that God is God. Yeah? And wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? Patiently. So, get to the table. Don't start eating. Wait for God to show up. Maybe for some of us, you need some time. Maybe you need worship. Maybe you need quietness. Maybe the kids need to go. So, I, you know, when I'm preparing a sermon, I close the door. I say, children, go and see your mother. Yeah? Don't bother me. Oh, I just put loud worship music because they like the boom, bam, boom, bam, right? I play this kind of music. They go, ah, oh, God can handle that. Right? Now, but now they're enjoying. What are the ingredients? Do you, have you ever asked yourself, because I ask myself this all the time, you know, how come my prayers sometimes don't work? You get that? How come? How dare God answer my prayer? Do you ask yourself that? You, I know scripture. You know scripture. Right? We pray. Why nothing happened? We sing, nothing happened. We, we strive. Book of Genesis gives us a clue. I'm testing out this formula, okay? So I submit to you, like, I'm testing out this formula, right? Because I come to realize like what I said earlier on, prayer alone, in and of itself, is ineffective if there's no presence of the Holy Spirit. Prayer and the Holy Spirit is also ineffective if there's no presence of the actual sacrifice. If you are not in church, how can you receive the blessing? If you are not at a table, how can you whisper? Right? So we need three ingredients. This, I kind of learned from Genesis 1. Right? Let me take you there. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God, hey, his presence. Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was, what? Light. 
And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning. The first day, new action. You want action in your life? Like God's action, God's answer to prayer, God's power on our lives, so that when we pray, when we move, things happen. Do you want that? Can I submit to you? There are three ingredients that are necessary. The first is a formless vessel. A vessel that says, God, whatever it is, I'm not going to come in with a preconceived idea of what the solution should be. I'm empty. I'm formless. I empty myself. I say, God, I've, I'm sorry. I repent of all my fullness. You know, I remember Pastor Ron used to teach us about rejecting, you know, the mindset of the world. Because if we have all of this, how can we be empty? So we have to come first, you know, through the, the before God said, God, by your blood, Jesus, wash me clean. Wash me clean. I come before you as the clay, not the pot, not the finished vase. I'm the clay for you to mold. And then we go to the next key ingredient. It's the oil. And Mike is going to talk about that. The oil and cup overflows his presence. But see, the Spirit of God has to be hovering. You have the vessel to cook. You need to have the raw ingredients. You need to have oil and you need to have fire. Right? So you see here in Genesis, there was the vessel. Earth. We are made from dust, by the way. That's us. Then there is the Spirit of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. You said it earlier on, Pastor Ron, that God's presence is thick here because of worship. His presence is here. This is an ideal atmosphere for you to receive your word from God, for you to interact and commune with Him at the table, for you and I to say, God, woe unto me, cleanse me. But that alone is not enough. You have the vessel, you have the presence of the Holy Spirit. What you need is the rhema word. Fire. See, Jeremiah says that in... Um, in chapter 1, it says, if I don't preach your word, it's like fire. Your word is like fire shut in my bones. Fire. You know, Subi says, fire, fire, fire. Why? The fire of God. The, the rhema word for that particular season. Just because you say, by his stripes, I'm healed. Doesn't mean you get healed. That's a generic word. The Holy Spirit is overseeing his waters, the waters of his word. The generic word, but God will say in day one, it was light. Day two was something else. Day three was something else. There is very purposeful, specific, at a particular time for you. <coughs> and you are, you and I are not going to get it at the outer court. Everybody say, see you at the table. I'm getting to the table. I have to get to the table. You see? The table is not a physical place necessarily. The table, I feel, is space that you set aside where you can commune with God. Aside from distractions and Instagram feeds and all of those things where you can just focus before God and say, God, speak to me. I worship you. I know some families go away for three, four weeks. Some of you do that in the gym. You know, my place, my table, sometimes is my car as I'm driving. Wherever your place is, it doesn't matter. But create space where the vessel, you, the presence of the Holy Spirit, God, and His rhema specific word, all align. Then, we get action. 
You want to be healed? You want breakthrough in your life? You want to see different things change? How about we try something different? Yeah? How about we try something different? Are you getting this? Good or not? Costly, you know. My mind, praise God. The favorite time of my day, as you can imagine, is my dinner time. This is my family. Last uh, two Sundays ago, I haven't asked them for permission. Please don't post on Facebook. But anyway, uh, on Mondays to Fridays, my lovely mom cooks for us. She's the master chef. And then on the weekends, Denise and I cook to give her a treat. You know, I'd rather skip breakfast or lunch, but oh, I love my dinner time. Because firstly, it's home-cooked food if it's Monday to Friday. And um, it's also a time where the whole family can come together. That's one of the rules we have put together. No matter how busy we are, we try to eat together. The thing is, you know, we all live separate lives. Everybody's in different rooms, doing things, having a shower, running, blah, 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 blah. But we kind of wait for this. Some of them hate the signal. But when my mom finishes cooking and it's ready, she was so tired of calling us. So she bought a bell. No, I don't live in that big a house, but you know. Of course, the children, some of them hate it because, ah, ma, stop it, it's very loud. But I look forward to the. Because it's like Pavlov's dog, you know, my saliva starts to flow. Even if come out from a shower, not quite dry, just come out anyway because plus when you have boys, you want to make sure they don't eat up the food, right? Because you also want your share. Hey, today, God is. See you at the table. See you at the table. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask Dad to help sing the song. If you have to go, please go very quietly. I'll dismiss it and, you know, give another 10, 15 minutes. But I'm going to ask for the glory of God to fill this place. Shall we do that? You know, we talk about it, Julie. We pray about it. Shall we just invite God in this atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is hovering? Where the word of God is preached and where the sacrifice and the vessel is ready to meet him at the table. You can say where you are, you can stand, you can sit, you can come in the front and kneel. I don't really mind. If you want to cry, there's tissues around. But church, I'm tired of just playing church and singing songs. Worship team, I say to you, I want you guys in the service today because it's easy for us to just sing and do what we do and you do it very, very well. But this is where the action is. See you at the table. Glory.